Chapter Thirty One of Australian Legendary Tales Folklore. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Australian Legendary Tales Folklore by Mrs. K. Langlow Parker. Chapter Thirty One Wirrenun the Rainmaker. The country was stricken with a drought. The rivers were all dry except the deepest holes in them. The grass was dead, and even the trees were dying. The bark dardu of the blacks were all fallen to the ground and lay there rotting. So long was it since they had been used, for only in wet weather did the blacks use the bark dardu. At other times they used only what de rail or bowshades. The young men of the Noongaburra murmured among themselves, at first secretly, at last openly, saying, Did not our fathers always say that the Wirrenun could make, as we wanted it, the rain to fall? Yet look at our country, the grass blown away, no Doonbur seed to grind. The kangaroo are dying, and the emu, the duck, and the swan have flown to far countries. We shall have no food soon, then shall we die, and the Noongaburra be no more seen on the Narran. Then why, if he is able, does not Wirrenun in ache rain? Soon these murmurs reached the ears of the old Wirrenun. He said nothing, but the young fellows noticed that for two or three days in succession he went to the water-hole in the creek and placed in it a wilgu-wilgu a long stick, ornamented at the top with white cockatoo feathers, and beside the stick he placed two big gabarar, that is, two big clear pebbles which at other times he always secreted about him, in the folds of his waiwa, or in the band or net on his head. Especially was he carefully to hide these stones from the women. At the end of the third day Wirrenun said to the young men, Go you, take your kumboos, and cut bark sufficient to make dardu for all the tribe. The young men did as they were bade. When they had the bark cut, and brought in Wirrenun said, Go you now and raise with ant-bed a high place, and put thereon logs and wood for a fire. Build the ant-bed about a foot from the ground. Then put you a floor of ant-bed a foot high, wherever you are going to build a dadu. And they did what he told them. When the dadu was finished, having high floors of ant-bed and water-tight roofs of bark, Wirrenun commanded the whole camp to come with him to the water-hole. Men, women, and children all were to come. They all followed him down to the creek, to the water-hole where he had placed the wilgu-wilgu and gabarah. Wirrenun jumped into the water and bade the tribe follow him, which they did. There in the water they all splashed and played about. After a little time Wirrenun went up first behind one blackfellow and then behind another, until at length he had been round them all, and taken from the back of each one's head lumps of charcoal. When he went up to each he appeared to suck the back or top of their heads, and to draw out lumps of charcoal, which, as he sucked them out, he spat into the water. 
When he had gone the round of all, he went out of the water, but just as he got out a young man caught him up in his arms and threw him back into the water. This happened several times until Wirranun was shivering. That was the signal for all to leave the creek. Wirranun sent all the young people into a big bough shed and bade them all to go to sleep. He and two old men and two old women stayed outside. They loaded themselves with all their belongings piled up on their backs, dale stones and all, as if ready for a flitting. These old people walked impatiently around the bough shed, as if waiting a signal to start somewhere. Soon a big black cloud appeared on the horizon, first a single cloud, which, however, was soon followed by others rising all around. They rose quickly until they all met, just overhead, forming a big black mass of clouds. As soon as this big, heavy, rain-laden-looking cloud was stationary overhead, the old people went into the bow-shed and bade the young people wake up and come out and look at the sky. When they were all roused, Wirranun told them to lose no time, but to gather together all their possessions and hasten to gain the shelter of the bark dadu. Scarcely were they all in the dadus and their spears well hidden, when there sounded a terrific clap of thunder, which was quickly followed by a regular cannonade, lightning flashes shooting across the sky, followed by instantaneous claps of deafening thunder, a sudden flash of lightning, which lit a pathway from heaven to earth, was followed by such a terrific clash that the blacks thought their very camps were struck. But it was a tree a little distance off, the blacks huddled together in their dadus, frightened to move, the children crying with fear, and the dogs crouching towards their owners. "'We shall be killed!' shrieked the women. The men said nothing but looked as frightened. Only Wirranun was fearless. "'I will go out,' he said, "'and stop the storm from hurting us. The lightning shall come no nearer.' So out in front of the dadus strode Wirranun, and naked he stood there facing the storm, singing aloud, as the thunder roared and the lightning flashed, the chant which was to keep it away from the camp. Gurry Murray, Murray, Durra Murray, 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 etc. Soon came a lull in the cannonade. A slight breeze stirred the trees for a few moments, then an oppressive silence, and then the rain in the real earnest begun and settled down to a steady downpour, which lasted for some days. When the old people had been patrolling the bow-shed as the clouds rose overhead, Wirranun had gone to the water-hole and taken out the Wilgu-Wilgu and the stones, for he saw by the cloud that their work was done. When the rain was over and the country all green again, the blacks had a great corroboree, and sung of the skill of Wirranun, rainmaker to the Noongaburra. Wirranun sat calm and heedless of their praise, as he had been of their murmurs, but he determined to show them that his powers were great, so he summoned the rainmaker of a neighbouring tribe, and after some consultation with him, he ordered the tribes to go to the Guguruan, which was then a dry plain, 
with the solemn gaunt trees all around it, which had once been black fellows. When they were all camped round the edges of this plain, Wirranun and his fellow rainmaker made a great rain to fall just over the plain and fill it with water. When the plain was changed into a lake, Wirranun said to the young men of his tribe, Now take your nets and fish. What good? said they. The lake is filled from the rain, not the flood waters of rivers, filled but yesterday. How then shall there be fish? Go, said Wirranun, go as I bid you, fish. If your nets catch nothing, then shall Wirranun speak no more to the men of his tribe. He will seek only honey and yams with the women. More to please the man who had changed their country from a desert to a hunter's paradise, they did as he bade them, took their nets and went into the lake. And the first time they drew their nets, they were heavy with Gudu, Murray, Tucky, and Bunmilla, and so many did they catch that all the tribes and their dogs had plenty. Then the elders of the camp said now that there was plenty everywhere. They would have a borer that the boys should be made young men. On one of the ridges away from the camp that the women should not know would they prepare a ground and so was the big borer of the Guguruan held, the borer which was famous as following on the triumph of Wirranun the Rainmaker. End of chapter 31 End of Australian Legendary Tales Folklore by Mrs. K. Langlow Parker